You are tuned in to Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Broussard, Louisiana. Let's catch up with Father Michael Delcom as he breaks open the readings for today. Just a show of hands, how many in here uh, own a boat? All right. That means a lot. I was told that a boat means bring on another thousand. You know, with a boat comes a lot of responsibility, a lot of financial responsibility. Um, if you go to my, my parents' house, um, not all of them are ours, but there is literally five boats parked in the backyard. It's kind of like a Sanford and Son episode. Um, for those of you who own boats, um, there's, there's kind of some unwritten rules for those of you who fish, there's some unwritten rules. One of those rules is that when you're invited on a fishing trip and you step onto someone else's boat, it's their boat. Like you don't tell them where you're going fishing, you let them take the lead. You definitely, you don't uh, direct the boat like you want. There's some prominent spots in the boat. Typically, the front of the boat is the best spot to be. Because the front of the boat, you're always getting to the fish first. Boat's typically moving forward. So the guy in the front has the best chance to catch the fish, and the guy in the back is just fishing for seconds. Those who fish and loves to fish know the experience of taking someone who is unexperienced fishing with them. At least in my experience, it's, it's a charitable yes. I don't really expect to catch a whole lot of fish when I bring someone who doesn't know how to fish because I know I'll probably have to be spending a lot of time tying their lines, untying their lines, going in the tree, unhooking the tree, doing it again, bird nest. I'm, I'm going to be feeding them drinks, feeding them food. We're just out to have a good time. We're going on a joy ride. We're really not going fishing, but they think we're going fishing, but I'm just, I'm really babysitting. These are unspoken rules in case you don't fish and step on someone else's boat. Really important to remember. So we have this, this scenario, this biblical story. Um, Jesus, who his profession is a carpenter, um, he grew up with his dad and learned that trade, but he's beginning to start a new profession. He's beginning to start to preach to the masses, and he's pretty good at it. He's gathering a crowd. People are, are following him, and the crowd was so big that he really couldn't. He was becoming overwhelmed, and he saw a boat. I mean, who does this? He saw a boat, and he got into the boat that belonged to Peter, and Peter came along with him. So Peter, by association, is now connected to this preacher. If you can imagine, there's a huge crowd on the shore, and they're listening to Jesus in Peter's boat while Peter's next to him, and they're doing the thing. And Peter is a professional fisherman. Now, it's one thing to go fishing with a fisherman, but it's another thing to go fishing with a professional fisherman. Peter knows what he's doing. Everyone's watching. He's in Peter's boat. And after Jesus is done... Jesus turns to Peter, the carpenter turns to Peter, the preacher man turns to preacher, uh, Peter, and says, let's go out into the deep water and drop the nets. Now, I, I'm not sure if you can really 
gather the fullness of what's happening. The professional fisherman who knows what he's doing is entertaining the carpenter and the preacher in his boat. They're all watching. And Jesus is like, let's go fishing. And actually, I'm going to tell you where we're going to go fishing. So I I really understand Jesus' response, uh, Peter's response. He says this, Jesus, Master, we have fished all night. We've worked hard. We typically know where the fish are. We have searched the lake. We have caught nothing. A lot underlying there, right? We're tired. We're exhausted. We've done everything we can to use our skill, our craft, our natural ability, and we have caught nothing. Just want to let you know that before I say what I'm about to say. At your command, we'll go fishing. So, you have the scene. It's set. They're going, I don't know if Peter was smiling. I don't know if he was rolling his eyes. I don't know if he was looking at his partner like, God, I hope this doesn't last long. Do we have some chips? We have some Vienna sausage. I hope we got enough. This is going to be a mess, right? So they drop their nets. And it's beautiful, the description. It said they caught so many fish that they had to call their partner over to help them. And both boats were in danger of sinking. Now, I'm not a professional fisherman. Me and my dad are like mediocre at best. We can hold our own. I probably wouldn't enter a tournament. We've had some good days. Um, On our good days, like we have come close to filling up the ice chest. There was a day this year where we got on the birds and the specks were just running. We didn't even put them in the ice chest. We were just like throwing them in the boat. And, you know, after an hour, we filled up maybe like half of the floor. And we thought it was a great day, like epic day. Two boats were almost sinking. And Peter, it says... In awe of the catch, he drops to his knees and says, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. What's happening here? Peter, the professional fisherman, is aware that this is not normal. This is not natural. This is supernatural. This is something extraordinary. This man is not a normal man. I might have judged him as a carpenter. I might have judged him as a preacher man. But he has something about him. This is a miracle. This is not normal. And he drops to his knees out of fear. Lord, depart from me. That's usually our response when we're in the presence of God, hopefully. When we, when we sense God, we sense how powerful God is, how little we are, how small we are. And Jesus' response, Peter, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yes, I am God and you're not. Yes, I can do amazing things and you can't. But why don't you come follow me and learn a new way of living, learn a new way to trust. Two things that happened in Peter in this story. Two words, humility and obedience. Humility and obedience. 
Peter had to humble himself. Lord, you can come into my boat. Lord, I'll take you fishing. I'm not sure how confident Peter was, but he was humble enough to allow Jesus to come into his boat. And obedient, Lord, at your command, I will lower the nets. When you and I are humble and obedient, God can do amazing things. God can do what only God can do. But when we're not, when we're prideful, when we're arrogant, when we're disobedient, when we think we have all the answers, when we think we, in our own effort, in our own ability, if we just work hard enough, we can get whatever we want accomplished, then we often cut God off from doing what only God can do. And we say things like, there's no way my marriage could ever be put back together. There's no way I'll come back from this injury. There's no way this team will come together. There's no way this coach can ever teach me something I don't already know. It takes a lot of humility to enter into a team, maybe, you know, where there's other guys ahead of me and if I just work hard, if I just do whatever my coach teaches me, if I humble myself and just have a good work ethic, it's just hard to trust that the process will get me where I want to go. It's sometimes hard to trust God. I'm not going to lie. I've been humbled incredibly lately. God's teaching me a lot of obedience. But what I do know is that Peter moved from being a fisherman to being a fisher of men. It took time. It took an ability to trust that God can do what only God can do. It took Peter a little time to accept Jesus in his boat. And I want you to think about this image. I want you to think about this image. Jesus gets in Peter's boat. You and I are constantly invited to invite Jesus into our, so to speak, boat, our hearts, our life. And you and I can have one of two attitudes. Welcome on board, Jesus. Get in the back. I'm going to be in the front. This is kind of what we do. I control the trolling motor. I go where we want, what we want. I'm going to tell us where we're going to go fishing. I'm going to go where we want. When I want to pull up, we're going to pull up. When I want to go, we're going to go. That's a way to live. Every once in a while, I'll ask you, how you doing? It's very hard for us to live in the way that Jesus lived in Peter's boat. And that's the way Jesus wants us to live. He wants us to give him the reins. He wants us to realize that he can do more in our life than we can ever imagine. For us to listen to him and be obedient to him and go where he goes and go where he leads and follow him because he actually can bring more value and worth. He can restore our dignity in ways that we can't imagine. But we have to be obedient. We have to be listening and we have to be humble. Today, I just want you to think about maybe particular areas in your life that maybe you have struggled. 
You have worked hard like Peter that night. Just, just exhausted. You're tired. You just don't know how things are going to get better. Maybe it's in school. Maybe it's in work. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your friendships. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's in your business. Maybe as a coach. Maybe as a mom, a dad, a husband, a father, a grandfather. And you're just exhausted and you're tired. Just like Peter. Maybe this morning Jesus is saying, let's just... Can you give me a chance? Can we just, can you invite me into your life and maybe give me an opportunity to show you something that you did not believe was possible before? Can we be humble enough and ask for humility? And can we put our pride aside and maybe try to be obedient to God? Who knows what can happen? Peter was in awe and wonder of what God had done. Let's pray for obedience and humility and give God permission to bring awe and wonder back into our life. Amen.